You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson. And today, we are once again joined by Todd Snader. And he's going to be talking with us about tight spot quivers. Um, and like I mentioned in this episode, it's been, a, it's been a product that I've kind of cycled through a lot of, always looking for the right one or something better. I just didn't feel comfortable with what I had. And um, it's one of those products that I think has been causing sound issues in on my bow. And um, not, not tight spot, but other products that I've had uh, in the past. And I don't know if I was not... Uh, you know, attaching it to my bow the right way, but I felt like some of the vibration or some of the energy that transferred to the bow was absorbed by the by the the quiver, and it made noise like clicks or um, loud, you know, louder vibration, and uh, I didn't like it. So I've, I'm still in some way, shape, or form uh, looking for quote unquote the perfect quiver and um, after listening to him talk i'm probably gonna have to uh, uh take a look at tight spot quivers but and, and do me a favor when i post this on uh instagram and facebook comment on what you think that i should uh, take a look at it because i'm open honestly i'm open for any type of suggestions i don't even i don't even know the the brand of the quiver that i have on my bow right now but it's one, it's one that can be detached from the bow and, you know, you can put it in the box, um, in your bag or hang it from the tree real easy. But that's what today's episode is about. We're talking about uh, quivers and we're talking about tight spot. Uh, so uh, stay tuned for that. But before we get into this episode, we got to do a couple commercials here. We are doing commercial one. We're talking about Lone Wolf, right? All right. <laughs> and I say this all the time on the Nine Finger podcast, but this this stand and stick system that Lone Wolf has is like another appendage to me. Um, I don't know where I would be as a hunter, and I honestly don't think that I would ha have had the success um, that I've had because I, I come from a, a foundation of ladder stands 
and sitting on field edges, right? And as I started to learn about how deer move through terrain, um, bed to feed patterns, uh, how I learned uh, uh, where they lay their signs, staging areas, pinch points, and all that stuff, I knew that I needed to be mobile. So in some, it was like 2006 or 2007, I picked up my very first lone wolf tree stand. And uh, long story short, uh, I became mobile. And being mobile has led to me having more encounters with deer, not necessarily being in a close enough tree, but being in the right tree. And that, my friends, is uh, what allows you to have more opportunities at deer of really any caliber, right? So I no longer hunt field edges. I kind of just uh, hunt wherever the deer, the fresh deer sign is at, uh, pinch points, bedding areas, you know, wherever I need to be, tear up, set down, tear up, set, or <laughs> tear down, set up, tear down, set up. And I just repeat until I get the job done. So uh, if you want to find out more information, go to lonewolfhuntingproducts.com and uh, check out their their uh, their lineup. I'm a huge fan of the Assault in Four Sticks, right? And we have a discount code. So 9FC21, 9FC21. And if you enter that, you get $50 off of any purchase over $200. So you're saving somewhere between 25 and 20% depending on what products you buy. So anything over 200 bucks gets you a $50 discount. Other than that, we have average conservationists now. Not only, and these guys, I think he's just come out with uh, uh, some new some new logo wear. I have a, I have a ton of his hats, and it's the benefit of being sponsored by him. I get a I got a box full of uh, um, kick-ass gear. So not only do I have the uh, standard logo wear, um, but he also has some real cool logo wear coming out. That's more cartoonish or or has like a guy fly fishing in a stream, or he's got uh, a guy, um, you know, there's a guy camping, there's a guy elk hunting, all that stuff. And then uh, he has some kick-ass hats, hoodies, t-shirts, you name it. So go out, go to theaverageconservationist.com, check it out. And uh, when you decide to purchase, enter the discount code NFC10 for 10% off. NFC10 for 10% off. Now, what makes this company really awesome is that they also give 10% of all their profits to uh, conservation to uh, to con- conservation efforts in some way, shape, or form. So there, it is in their budget to give. 10% of their revenue to conservation organizations or conservation efforts. Uh, and that is one main reason while I partnered with them. Also be sure to check out 2% for conservation, who is a partner of the, not only the sportsman's nation podcast network, but the, uh, the average conservationist podcast as well. So take a look at that. Other than that, let's get into today's quiver questionnaire i don't know i i I thought i'd be cool and and call it something cool but i'm not that cool so let's get into today's tight spot conversation with todd snader three two one all right on the phone with me today once again mr todd snader todd how we doing man Oh, doing great, Dan. Doing great. Uh, we got some hunting seasons in in most places now. And it right. can't get much better than that. <laughs> right. So uh, we had to reschedule last week's uh, podcast because you had a hunting trip. Uh, how did that hunting trip go? It was great. Headed to Nebraska. Their opener was uh, last week for turkey. 
And I wanted to hit that up, make sure I hit uh, the first day because last year Nebraska really had uh, no non-residents and nobody could uh, come in. And uh, where I was going was uh, not much pressure at all. And it proved to be pretty good. I uh, filled both my tags in the same day on uh, on Saturday. I uh, shot one in the morning, put one in the dirt in the morning, and then uh, followed up th that evening with another one. And it was actually a pretty good stud, almost 11-inch beard, um, inch and quarter spurs. It was uh, – those I had literally had – so it was, uh, I think, 8 o'clock uh, – sundown was – it was 8, and then um, – I had uh, so 30 minutes after, and I think I shot that thing just a few minutes after. I had a little bit to spare. Yeah. Um, to, uh, but it was getting a little dark. I was a little worried and uh, caught them coming into the roost. And it literally, they started roosting about 70 yards to my left. And the very last two toms that were kind of the sweepers um, got uh, caught the eye of my two decoys. And I think they were wondering why those two birds weren't going into the roost yet. Yeah. So they came to see what was going on and uh, uh, put one in the dirt. And that was the big one. He uh, he was a good one. It, you know, it was, uh, I lifted him up and even the the uh, the owner of the outfitter where I went to was, uh, he said that's one of the heaviest birds that he's uh, he's yeah. ever seen there too. And it was a good bird, good time. The one in the morning was good. It was good as well too. I went out with, uh, was hunting with one of our sister company products, the Excalibur Twin Strike good opportunity there and it was actually my first uh, i've hunted deer and things like that with crossbow it was my first opportunity to go out uh turkey hunting with a crossbow yeah. and it uh, proved uh, pretty fun overall you can't can't beat a day in the field right so. well i was hoping you were going to tell me i knew i think you mentioned previously that you were going to go out with the twin strike and mm -hmm. i was waiting for one of those uh you know uh, moments where only the twin strike could do a double like what you're talking about right two to mm -hmm. toms come strutting in pull it pull it done yeah and it uh it happened pretty quick the first one had to come in yeah and i shot the first one and the second one pretty much took off and uh, kind of up into the tree line so i didn't get a chance and i and uh to to put another shot in that one and the the second one i actually pulled uh, both triggers on and uh, didn't go very far yeah <laughs> well i'll tell you what that's uh pretty pretty fun nonetheless i it was yep. i can't wait till the day we're not when i'm a landowner here in iowa and i can start shooting multiple animals right so mm -hmm. you know landowner gets the extra turkey tag they get the extra deer tag uh so someday but uh until then i just gotta you know put my boots on the ground and start traveling yeah yeah, here in Oregon we come up uh, tax day, which uh, April fifteenth is opener here. So I'm excited to hit the hit it with my bow tech as well and do some vertical bow hunting. So yep, <laughs> yep. So uh, at least you had a fun, successful hunt, man. Yeah, yeah. It was a good time. It was a good time to get out a little bit and get a little content too, and uh, and hunt. You know, can't beat that. So. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Well, today. Um, you're on the podcast once again to talk about, and this time it, it's tight spot and, um, a, a product that I'll be completely honest with you, although it shouldn't in the past, and, and I'm not talking about tight spot, I'm talking about quivers in general, mm -hmm. um, have been kind of a source, like a thorn in my side 
over the years. Um, mm-hmm. When I'm talking about, you know, things like, hey, you need a quiver on your bow to carry arrows, but they can sometimes be allowed if, you know, or a, a cause a cause of concern if they're not attached to the bow properly. And I can I can honestly say there's been a couple products um, in the past that I've put on my bow uh, and a quiver is one of them that I just could not get uh, on right. And it was, it was making noise when I shot my bow and, um, I was seeing deer react to my shots, uh, if that Mm -hmm, makes sense. mm -hmm. So, um, let's just kind of start the very beginning. Uh, how old is this company? You know, this, it goes back pretty far. I think about as far as our, our black gold, uh, company uh, did as well. Um, the, uh, the Mike Elig uh, purchased black gold at that time. And then, uh, really, you know, evolved tight spot in there as well. Um, just to really supplement very, very high, uh, very Western centric at first. Um, Mike's Mike's from the West from Montana. Um, but wanted to create a product back then as well, similar to our, our black gold line that, uh, that served a purpose, um, that, uh, you know, like to your point, you know, a, a quiver originally, quivers that came out in the early days on bow quivers uh, were just designed to hold arrows. So uh, similar to what they did uh, with Black Gold, I think it was back in the, wow, it's been around for 20, 20 years now. Um, yeah. Really sought out to make something that improved the bow. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about as well. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, I'll be honest, it was a bit frustrating at first. Uh, and, and then finally, I was just like, okay, I'm done. I'm done with this product. I'm going to go get something else. And uh, that's what I uh, I ended up doing. So let me ask you a, a very high-level question. What mm-hmm. makes a good quiver? Well, and, and it comes down to, to, to materials and also the ability to to fine tune placement because if you look at a lot of the early days of quivers like I was talking about it was basically one bracket you bolted it on your sight if it was a single piece and that's where it stayed yeah. and at that time a lot of them sit, sat way out from the from the bow um, and and they really threw the 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 balance off of the bow and plus they were usually plastic for the most part everything early was plastic and in the in the cold, um, especially Eastern hunters, it becomes cold and loud, and even brittle. You know, as plastic hardens up in the cold there too. So, as as we evolve tight spot, it, we wanted to make it actually enhance the the your bow. So premium materials. So when you're looking at all aluminum construction, you're looking at arrow grippers that when it gets cold, they don't get hard, and it's hard yeah. to pull your arrows in and out. And it's also adjustable, so it improves the balance. So any quiver out there that really makes a good quiver is you want to be able to fine-tune that. Um, so if you're a hunter that leaves your quiver on your bow, you want to be able to not throw off your balance or not have to put additional weight on, let's say, the left side of your bow to compensate for that. So that's why we designed the tight spot to be able to move in and out, and that's when, when our original tagline was the quiver that fits tight to your bow. And, and that's exactly what it was. And not just in and out or left and right, it's up and down. So you can really, really enhance the balance. And because of the carbon construction, it has carbon and it has aluminum in it. It actually absorbs vibra- vibration and reduces torque yeah. because you're able to slide that in so far um, into the, into the, uh, the, the bow as tight as possible. Yeah. Hence the name, right? Yep. yep. Here you go. There you go. All right. So... 
I'm going to, I'm going to talk about two issues that I've had over the years. Um, and I've already talked about one and that is the, um, the loudness of the, um, the bow. What, what is something that tight spot does to alleviate that issue? And majority of it is is where you grip your arrows because a lot of the, the majority of the noise on a on a quiver is the arrow vibration. Yeah. So if you're gripping your arrows at the points, you know you got your broadheads in your hood, and you've got your grippers maybe you know a few inches down, you know eight to ten inches down on a standard quiver, you have all that additional arrow length hanging out, acting like a diving board. So our original quiver was the 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 XL quiver, which is the longer the longer version, and it grips further out. So you get that that's what's what's real beneficial when you look at a, a two piece quiver because it grips the arrows so much further out. Um, but a two piece quiver you generally can't remove; it's not quick detached from the bow. So the original XL version of our, of our our quiver really brought the virtues of a two piece and a one piece together it gripped the arrows out further so it reduced that diving board vibration reduced that noise as well but still gave you the ability to quick detach that if you wanted to do that yeah yeah um the next thing that i always have an issue with is all right so and it doesn't happen so much anymore but back in the day when I was using bigger diameter arrows, mm-hmm. it would stretch out where the arrows go in. And then over time, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's hot or it's cold or whatever, um, the arrows would not fit tight into the I don't, I don't even, the arrow holder portion right. of, of the yep. quiver. The what, gripper, what, yep. what causes that and how do you guys fix that problem? Well, the majority of it is is even in the early days was the the durometer of the rubber that was used, and uh, like what I was saying a little earlier too, when you start getting into that temperature, it doesn't uh, you know colder temperatures versus warmer temperatures, it really reacts to that. And, and across the board, in, in in grippers, not just ours, they've made big strides in in the types of durometer that is used there. But we actually add another step is uh, we call it arrow wedges, so it's adjustable. Um, a lot of people use a standard diameter carbon arrow or even, you know, there's still some people out there that use aluminum arrows, but all the way down to those micro diameter, um, like, like, you know, gold tip pierces and things like that, that are super uh, micro, you can adjust the arrow wedges and tighten that down. Um, and that's not going to move. So with those arrow wedges in there, you're not just relying on the durometer of the gripper. You have that uh, a harder wedge in there, so it keeps that groove consistent. It's not getting cold and and uh, or warm and opening up and staying there to where it starts. It's not near as tight. Once you you tighten that down to your arrow diameter, where it's get it gets to the point where you, it's the grip that you like, and that's the great thing about it. Is some people want it a little more retention to it, or want a little looser. To, it's easier to pull the arrow in and out. That wedge will stay there, and it can't open up or go any narrower because of that position. Okay. Um, and then, and then the last thing that, uh, and, and maybe this is something that, uh, I, again, I'm not the guy who, uh, I, you know, I'm pretty hard on my equipment and I, I mm-hmm. always, I always say to myself, man, I wonder why this piece isn't, is wearing out so fast. Well, mm-hmm. when every, anytime you're dealing with broadheads, whether it's, uh, you know, a target or, you know, a broadhead is hard on whatever it touches. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, the place where the broadhead goes in, uh, what do you call those? Like the padding up it, up in the yep. actual casing. Yep. Um, 
what kind of material do you use up there and what's the durability of that like? Um, we use a, a, in our standard quivers, we use a, like, I mean, our, our single piece quivers, we use a, a rubber lined um, um, hood and it has an insert uh, basically holes in it that accepts the tip of the broadhead, but it doesn't require you to push the the blades all the way into the rubber. It grips the very, very front of the ferrule. Yeah. Um, you'll see a lot of quivers out there that have, have foam as well. Um, foam is great, but sometimes if you get it in there crooked, there's only certain orientations um, that with pre-cut foam. So with that rubber hood, you can actually turn your broadheads to help offset that so you could have it. They're not all preset. With, combined with the bulldog gripper on the bottom with the arrow wedges where you can tighten that up, it retains that really well. It's super quiet with that rubber uh, with that rubber lining, but it doesn't dull your broadheads because it's not gripping by the broadheads, just the ferrule on the front. Yeah, yeah. And over time, uh, mine would always come out. Every time I pull an arrow out, mm-hmm. it would come out or it would slip and slide, and then that just continued to cause the, um, uh, you know, cause me to get frustrated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> frustrated. So. And f- Foam, foam can be a little noisier too because it yeah. reacts to temperatures just like rubber does. Yeah. So sometimes with foam inserts, you can get a little squeak. Now that's the old days. You know, we've evolved foam quite a bit um, since then, foam foam liners. Um, but uh, yeah, so that, that's where that rubber liner helps a lot. It's much quieter and it doesn't react to that. And, you know, the biggest thing is you don't want to dull your broadheads. Yeah, there. that's a fact. That's a fact. All right. So, you know, before we get into the new product, the the Pivot 2.5 Quiver um, mm-hmm. for this year, I want to ask you, you know, f- through all of the products that we've talked about with you, um, you know, you it sounds like you guys are very in tune uh, to what the customers uh, want, what the customers are saying. You have an open, lo- you know, an open mm-hmm. channel of communication back and forth with them. When it comes to Quivers, what kind of feedback do you get or communication do you get back from the end user? You know, and we get a lot of good lo- good levels of communication. We've get, you know, from the consumers as well as also our dealer base. Um, like I talked about, you know, originally we we're a very Western-centric company. But as there's more uh, – as uh, the reputation of tight spot grew more and more, it was really kind of a wave that went east. Yeah. Now the original quiver was that longer version, and and whitetail hunters in a tree stand may they usually take their bow their quiver off, and they needed something that was a little more compact. It didn't, you know, they weren't shooting it on the bow, um, so that's where we kind of evolved the rise because consumers wanted the the tight spot quality, um, and you know even through social media, even even through consumer emails, they wanted that, but they wanted something that was more whitetail oriented. And that's why we came out with the rise quiver, a little shorter whitetail oriented quiver with the hanging loop in it. Because as you guys know, you're a big whitetail hunter, Dan, you know, you want to be able to hang that in a peg in the stand, load one arrow and have it ready accessible next to you, but not need to have that quiver on your bow. Yeah. Um, which is, is great for us. You know, we, we, we know for, you know, we, we can design quivers, um, and, and say, okay, this is what we may want, but you know, through social media, and we have great, great consumer base, and actually, new consumers coming because they want to get into that, but they'll tell us, hey, you know, I really want to get in a tight spot, but I don't need all that length. 
Um, and that's where, you know, hey, you know, let's we, we evaluate that. We do consumer uh, surveying and say, hey, what do you want in your next quiver? We'll take the, all that data and say, hey, OK, 100 people, you know, 100,000 people said they want a white tail style quiver. Boom. That's how we make that's what we make next. Okay. That was similar to what happened with the, the pivot 2.5. So question, the reason that uh, guys want a short, like whitetail guys, quote unquote, mm-hmm. want a shorter quiver is just because they're not moving around in uh, as much as a Western guy would be. So they don't care about the, they, they care less about the stability of the arrow in the quiver than the Western guy does. Yeah. And that's the big thing, you know, when it comes to, for the most part, they're taking it off. Yeah. Um, but we still wanted to add the, the features of our XL style quiver to where you can still move it in tight to the bow. It doesn't throw your balance off in those instances where you may want to keep that quiver on your bow, but also have the option of taking it off and hanging it. So, you know, it's just, it doesn't go back to your old school quiver where it just clamps to your bow. It still has to have that ability, um, to make improve your bow, help with the stabilization of your bow, of your bow, to have the versatility to do whatever you want. Whereas the you know the XL version, your Western hunter, your ground pounder, spot and stock, beating through the brush, you're not going to take it off. Yeah, that's a fact. So um, I, I'm I'm looking at the picture here on the website, and I see. No, number one, I see guys, not necessarily tight spots, but guys online putting camo tape over top of their, the hood of their quivers mm-hmm. and, and throughout, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the bow. Um, I'm looking at this. Is it, is it shiny at all? Is it reflective? Is it something that could potentially carry the, you know, catch wild games eye? You know, it depends on the, you know, people may, you know, if they go with a black quiver, sometimes they'll buy a black quiver and want the camo to match. With ours, you can pretty much get every camo under the sun um, on, on on our offerings. The the Pivot 2.5 is new, so it's only available in black. Um, it being being a molded hood on anything, sometimes you get a little bit of of a sheen. Um, I've seen that across all all the quivers out there on a solid color. Um, I think a lot of it, what I've seen is, is people buy, you know, get a quiver in a monotone color and they want to be, if they switch year to year and they don't necessarily want to buy a new quiver, they'll, they'll camo tape it up, um, to match as best as they can. Um, gotcha. Okay. All right. So, so now this, uh, this, I guess what you were talking about more of a Western style quiver, uh, the, mm-hmm. the tight, the pivot, uh, 2.5 and this one look like, I'll be honest with you. First time I look at it, I look and I say, man, I feel like a two-piecer like that would would bounce around a lot, even with the arrows mm-hmm. in it. Um, tell me how I'm wrong. You know, in the Pivot 2.5 was actually, or any two-piece quiver, is actually designed for the opposite, to help with stabilization of your arrows. It doesn't have a, a quick disconnect um, option on there as with, with, I think the majority of two piece quivers out there, but it's truly meant for the person that does obviously does not take their quiver off. They want to even, even, even decrease their, their noise even more, um, increase that arrow security. Um, and then with ours, we added that next level of adjustability, consistent with the tight spot brand to help balance out the bow so it has still has that same movement in and out from the bow but the greatest range of of motion of of really any quiver out there 
all the way up, swings all the way around. There's not a bunch of preset uh, positions. It's more of an infinite, obviously. It can't go all the way out front of the bow, which would be counterintuitive on a bow. But um, a full range of motion, and it really helps even further, helps balance that bow out. Um, but has the benefits of a two-piece quiver. You know, I'm not, and personally, I, I actually just set up my bow for my two-piece quiver for out here for Western hunting on my Pivot 2.5. Traditionally, it wasn't a two-piece guy. I really, really like it um, just because of uh, what you said. It in, reduces that noise because even more than that XL quiver, it's gripping out down towards your, closer to your fletchings now. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's pretty interesting. Um, have you guys done any studies or research uh, or, I don't know, like to, to show the efficiency of a bow, whether that's through noise or whatever? Because mm-hmm. um, this, this pivot is adjustable to the point where you can adjust it closer to the riser or further away from the riser um, if, you, if you want. Is there any, like, have you guys done any studies to like, you know, it's the closer to the riser means less vibration or it's, it's more quiet. The further away you get, you get more vibration or you get more uh, noise. Any, anything like that? You know, in in and out on the, on the bow is going to give you more of your balance. Um, Your, your vibration comes more from how much you have hanging out from this, the, the center mounting point. And we've definitely done testing there too with, uh, with vibration testing as well as noise testing, um, to your point that the biggest thing is, is noise there. Um, but the in and out really affects the, the, the balance left and right to where your ball, your adjustment forward and back will adjust the balance as you, as you're on your shot. So if you don't want your bow tipping forward, if you don't want your bow tipping backwards, you can adjust that forward and back. The vibration really comes from where it's gripping on the arrows because, you know, your arrows are going to get that, that, you know, diving board effect there too. But yes, we've definitely done testing on there to optimize the gripping position on the XLs. The, with the two piece, you can move that wherever you want. So if you want to, if you want to grip a little further out, if you're, you know, feeling a little bit more vibration in your arrows, you can grip it a little further out or if you want to go a little further in. So it, that's where the adjustability is a real benefit. Okay. And then um, I, I see on your web, on your website that pretty much all of your, all of your uh, quivers come in a variety of, I guess, uh, n- the, the, the number of arrows that you can hold can be adjustable, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. if I wanted uh, four or five, let's see, what do you have? Seven, five, and three. Um, are, yep. are those yep. are, those are universal through all of your quivers? Uh, those are specific models. So like the pivot 2.5, uh, that's exactly what the five means is a pivot two p two piece, five arrow quiver. So right now that's the only configuration that quiver specifically is available in to where you have the five and the seven are basically what we call our XL versions. So you have two options there, um, of the, of the, uh, the, you know, five arrow, or if somebody wants a seven arrow as well. And then the rise itself is a, a, available only in that cons- configuration. Um, and the same with the three arrow, because, you know, three arrow is exactly the same, similar to our, our XL, our five and our uh, seven, but just a three. So technically, yes, you do have options throughout, but you have to buy an individual quiver there. Gotcha. Uh, and then as far as attaching it to the bow, any special tools required? Do they fit all bows? 
Yeah, yeah, it fits all bows, standard. So with the, the the three, the five, the seven, and the rise, it comes with a bracket that fits your uh, fits the the standard sight uh, mounting holes. And also, there's a couple different adapters that are available. So if there's some sites out there, I believe some of the single pin movers um, that uh, require a little bit of offset. So we do offer uh, additional brackets um, that can get out of the way of, I think it's HHA has the one where you have to kind of offset it a little bit. So we have a movable site conversion bracket that you can put on there as well. Gotcha. All right. Um, let me, this is something that I, I guess I, I kind of know just through looking at it, but I, I assume, do all bow manufacturers talk with each other when it comes to accessories? Like, does Bowtech talk to PSE, talk to Matthews, talk to um, Elite, and say, all right, this is going to be an industry standard for where we put our connection points on our compound bows? Not really, because okay. I think most of the most of the big manufacturers have their own product lines. But you'll see, I mean, there's there's pretty common, but you know, as a as a accessory manufacturer, we try to we try to offer the adapters to fit everything. Like the Pivot 2.5 comes with several types of adapters to fit Matthews, Hoyt, uh, Bowtech, PSE. And then we're also going to be um, coming out with another adapter too that fits the I think the new Elite bracket as well. Um, so as an accessory manufacturer, we, we want to accommodate every brand out there as well, but as a, as a vertical bone manufacturer, they, everybody kind of designs their own. Um, you'll see like we, on the Bowtech side, we use a triangle adapter and there's a couple other models out there that use the triangle, uh, cutout. I think it's, it's Hoyt. And then there's a, an octagon shaped one. Um, I think it maybe PSE uses that one. And then Matthews kind of has their own. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I, I just, you know, like for, for an example, you know, uh, uh, stabilizers, right? I mean, mm -hmm. for, for the most part, all bow stabilizers are in the same spot on the bow every time, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. I didn't know if there was some kind of uh, uh, like powwow that happens every year saying, hey, we're, we're doing this or we're not. So, all right. Yeah, not, not really. <laughs> yeah. And then as far as the, uh, it looks like there's some other accessories that come with it. And one thing that... Uh, before you like the first time that I purchased a, uh, re a removable quiver, right? When I'd get to the tree stand, I'd take the quiver off and there was nothing to hang it with in the tree. Mm -hmm. It didn't come with anything. Mm -hmm. So I had to uh, go get a, uh, a, another screw and bow holder or just stuff mm -hmm. it in a backpack or whatever. Um, do you guys offer things that screw into the tree or wrap around the tree to hang the quiver once it is yeah. removed? Yep, yep, we do. So if there's archers out there that like the seven or the five, stand, you know, the XL style that doesn't have the hood uh, loop, we do offer two different style brackets. One ex, uh, that fits the five and the seven arrow, and then a little smaller one that also fits that little three arrow quiver. And then the rise has that uh, additional hanging loop so it can hang from a little accessory peg or anything like that. Yeah. And we also offer like uh, for expandable broadheads, uh, like a secondary grip or two, not necessarily a hanger, but, uh, you know, in the hanger question. But if somebody shoots uh, expandable broadheads that uh, don't have that ability to stick the ferrule in there as far, we have a, an additional gripper that fits all of the one piece quivers that uh, also grips further up on the arrow. So you don't have anything sliding out or moving around up there. So. Yeah. And to be honest with you, once I, w you know, before this uh podcast i went on and was looking around and that secondary gripper 
is something that really interests me because I am mm-hmm. moving around so much. I'm always knocking arrows off or loosening them mm-hmm. up, especially when I'm out west and, and climbing over stuff and, and going through thickness and, you know, using my bow potentially to help myself get up a, a hill or a mountain. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was always saying to myself, man, I wish I had another point on this quiver to connect in. And it looks like you guys solved that problem. Yeah, and it's good. It's good to even add if you're using a standard type broadhead, um, yeah. a, a fixed blade, you can add that on there as well. Just give you that extra level of uh, of grip. And the nice thing is you don't have to tear apart your quiver because it, it has it has enough flexibility. You can snap it around the carbon rods, um, and then you can slide it up and down, and it gives you that extra grip without tearing the whole thing apart. So. Yeah. So you know there are some people out there who are kind of uh, ounce counters. Uh, they want the lightest and the strongest and the fastest or whatever. Um, how much do these quivers weigh? And then compared to maybe the rest of the quivers on the market, are they about average? Are they lighter? Are they heavier? Yeah. And especially with using aluminum, uh, aluminum, and then also the carbon rods that really helps reduce the weight. So the, the, the uh, rise quiver itself has a little more because 11 ounces because of the incorporation of the, of the loop it, itself, the three arrow quiver is the lightest, just over six. Um, and then the five and the seven are relatively close um, at 10 ounces. The seven, uh, or the, the five is just a little under 10, just because the hood's a little bit smaller. Um, and then you've got your, uh, the pivot 2.5 as well. And I think it's right in that, that nine mark too, because of the, the aluminum construction in there and carbon. So, yeah. So does that, I mean, does that, as far as comparing it to other models and maybe, you know, mm-hmm. or maybe you don't know, mm-hmm. um, does that mm-hmm. place it right in the average or are we talking a little bit before because you, uh, b- a little bit below because you have that carbon element with it? It is. Yeah. It's definitely below, you know, okay. you're going to see aluminum is great, but it does add weight over carbon. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're really, you know, depending on the, the five and the seven would be a little closer, but as a comparative, so when you're looking at a quiver that holds that many arrows in the, in the competitor, we're still going to fall under enough by a few ounces because of the carbon. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of wrapping up here, um, let's talk a little bit about price point. Uh, and mm-hmm. you know, obviously we talk about this all the time, uh, when you've been on, you can go to Walmart and you can find something for 10 bucks or, or whatever. Right. And then there's the, mm-hmm. the higher end, you know, uh, tight products as well. Where does tight spot, f- uh, fall on the price point game? So we're right at that, uh, you know, everybody and may have heard this, you know, maybe not necessarily as consumers, there's the good, better, best pr- uh, price points, you know, we're in quality, we're, we're in that best price point, but across the market, because of the features, we're really competitively priced with all of our manufacturers out there. So you're right at that 186, you know, it, we sell it on online, we have an online store. Um, we sell it full MSRP right at the 186 mark, but dealers do have the ability to to uh, to price differently there, so you're you know you definitely would find it less depending on what dealer you go to as well. But comparatively, you're going to see us right there with all the high end uh, quivers across the board. Yeah, and I will say this when it comes to archery equipment, right? I used to be the guy who uh, several years ago go to Walmart or go to the local store, uh, limited budget, and, and basically just buy what I could to you mm-hmm. know, to to mm-hmm. get the job done for that season. Uh, but with all my experience, especially doing this show, going to the trade shows, using a variety of different products throughout the year, when it comes to archery equipment, um, compound bows and all the accessories that go on it, I am a firm believer that price does reflect quality. Yep. 
in, yep. in this. You get what uh, you pay for. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You get what you pay for. You know, if you pay for plastic, you're going to have to deal with what you come and what comes with plastic when you, you know, pay a little bit more for carbon, you pay a little bit more for, you know, fully machined aluminum, then you're going to get a product that that lasts a lifetime. And if you break that price down, you know, you're going to buy multiple plastic quivers. But, you know, with with the high quality quivers, you know, that can last years and years and years. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I'm going to end it like we always kind of end it here is there's a guy, he needs a quiver on his bow, Mm -hmm. and uh, he's standing in front of a wall uh, full of quivers. Why should he uh, entertain tight spot? Yeah, I would would definitely, you know, dealers have the ability to try it on your bow. Bolt it on your bow, shoot your bow, and feel the difference. Go through a couple different quivers and play around with that ability to to balance your bow and look at the, the ability of those other quivers to do that the infinite ability to move your quiver it's not just a few presets it'll actually make it feel better that you know go in there feel the bow on the shot feel the balance of the shot and again try it against the other quivers you know we're not afraid to to you know to take the challenge go in there take the challenge say mr dealer bolt them on my bow i want to feel them and you know honestly we're confident you're going to feel the difference in there and see why you know why that's a benefit for you it just doesn't hold arrows it actually makes your bow better absolutely well, Todd, man, I appreciate you taking time out of your day once again to come on and, and school us in the ways of archery. So uh, thank you very much for your time, and we'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan.